in the last two weeks. And I want to just close off that series on joining the journey of the journey map. And before we go, I was speaking this week with Michelle and she was just sharing some of the insights that she'd had and the Lord had given her a word. And I thought, what a better way but to start. And so I'm going to ask her to do that. Thank you. I almost said good morning, but it's now good afternoon. So good afternoon, church. Yeah, I was just, um, I was reading through some of the key verses, really our life verses that the Lord's given us many, many years ago, and it's the same word, um, it remains our, the, the promise, and I believe what the Lord's called us to, and of course what He's called Northland's Church to. So I want to read these word, words to you and then share with you what I believe the Lord is, is saying to us. This is Isaiah 49, 8. This is what the Lord says, in the time of my favor, I will answer you, and in the day of salvation, I will help you. I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people to restore the land and to reassign its desolate inheritances. Isaiah 61, 4 says, and they shall rebuild the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former cities, the devastations of many generations. And the things that stand out for me there, which I, which I believe God has called us to, are restoration, reassignment, and rebuilding. The Lord is always about restoration. He's the God who restores. It's what He does. He wants to restore hope because He remains the God of hope. He wants to restore health. I love the testimonies that come. We have, Every Sunday we have testimonies of lives that have been restored, hope that's been restored, health that's been restored, relationships that have been restored. It's what he does. And then it speaks about reassigning desolate inheritances. So many believers spend their whole lives not realizing this is my inheritance because I'm a child of the living God. It's not something I have to work for or earn. It's mine by inheritance, by birthright. And we are passionate about the gospel of grace. We are passionate about seeing the bride of Christ realize that this is yours by inheritance. And so the Lord wants to reassign some inheritances that people don't realize that they have. And then he wants to rebuild broken lives. God is so good at rebuilding what's been broken. And, and we see that every week we have, again, testimonies of God doing that. We want to see more of that. And part of this journey map is just equipping us and giving us tools where we can walk alongside others and see lives being rebuilt and restored. And Greg will speak more to that in a minute. But yesterday I read this, and as I was reading it, the Lord just gave me this picture that I'm going to share with you. It's in Acts 15, 16. It says, after this I will come back and rebuild the house of David, which has fallen. I will rebuild its very ruins, and I will set it up again. And that just stood out for me. You know, God takes what looks broken, and he sets it up again. He's so good at doing that. He loves to rebuild. He loves to take what looks broken and make it new. He makes all things new. I think if we had time, we could go around this room and there would be many testimonies just here of what God has made new. There is no one, there is no situation that is too broken for to be restored. It's what he does. And then he gave me this picture of bridges and it was those um, swing bridges over, you know, um, over rocks and and rivers, I have no desire to get onto one, but 
they, the, these bridges, and I saw people walking on the bridges, and some of them had fallen, some of them were broken, some people had their feet caught up in, in these bridges, and I asked the Lord what it was, and this is what I believe he said. You will see ruins around you, and together we will rebuild what's broken. We know it's the Holy Spirit who brings the restoration, but we get to partner with him. We walk with one another in community. We get to be God with skin on, in a way. People need people to love them. And, and I felt like the Lord said, we get to do that as a church. You will rebuild bridges to me, broken bridges that have hindered my bride from coming to me and seeing me accurately. Bridges and pathways that have tripped her up and caused her to stumble. You will clear pathways and give her new lenses to see again. The anointing on your lives has not changed. The model right now is primarily resources. Trust what I show you. De declare it with conviction. Build the bridges back to me. I think some, one, of the wrong, one of the bridges that can cause people to stumble is, or a pathway is a bridge of wrong theology, a bridge of, of legalism will, will not allow people to see Jesus in his fullness, in his goodness. The Lord said, build bridges back to me. These bridges will lead people to truth again that will bring freedom. Some of your messages will be like a bulldozer, clearing land in the spirit. Our, our neighbors right now are clearing land in their backyard and it's noisy and it's dusty and there's a lot of uprooting. Sometimes the Lord's going to call us to bring messages that are going to uproot some things that are not helpful, to clear the pathway for truth, to clear the pathway for people to see Jesus accurately in all his beauty. Some messages will be like gentle rain that cleans and washes away mud that has been hardened. The journey map is one of many tools that will rebuild and build bridges back to me. I felt like the Lord did this is perfectly timed. It is a the reason we're so excited about this because it's an equipping tool to equip us because we're going to meet people in different places in our lives with different issues and we get to lead them back to who God is. We get to walk with, with them, with the Lord, to see Jesus in his fullness, to see lives rebuilt and restored. And I wanted to share that with you because when you look at the journey map, if you haven't seen it yet, it's, it's just through here in the resource center, but it's a, it's a beautiful um, description of, of what we have, and, and you can get someone to help you with that. We'll talk about that later, but I would really encourage you to look at it because I feel like it's a resource that God's given us as Northerns. It's going to go beyond Northerns, but this picture, I wanted you to get this picture in your mind and realize it's a resource to, for us to lead people back to Jesus or to lead them to him for the first time. I think it's a resource that's gonna help us mend some bridges that have been broken, some things that have been inaccurate, some places that have caused people to stumble. And we get to partner with the Lord because we are the church. All of us here are his church. And this is a resource that has been put together. It's a beautiful tool for us to walk alongside and see people's lives restored and rebuilt. So I just wanted to share that with you because I wanted us to, to link what the Lord is saying to us as a church. Why are, why are we so passionate about this? It's because God's called us to bring restoration to others. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you.
So our journey map looks a little bit like this. There's a, there's a map. We found eight lands. We wanted to say, if you come to this place, in, if you want to come to salvation, you have to hit a few milestones. You have to come to faith in Jesus Christ. You should be baptized as a believer. You should be filled with the Holy Spirit. There are some milestones that it's important for you and every believer to hit. And so we, we kind of went around this and we, we got eight different lands. And in those lands, we found milestones that we, we think that most believers have to hit. And uh, then we said, well, how can we help people hit those milestones? And we, we went out and curated a list of resources that we thought are going to help you hit those milestones. And it was a carefully curated list of, of, of things. And I think that's beautiful. And then you, you have to sit back and say, okay, so we have this resource that we think <clears throat> is going to help people grow in their spiritual life. But um, if, you, if you really just want to come with me a little bit, take a step and look at it. If you were leading a church, you'd, you'd be thinking in this way. You have to ask yourself, what are the processes? Because we've got, we've got a, a plan and we've got, uh, we've got milestones. We've laid it out so it's clear and we've got resources to help you get down the road. But you, after a while, you start to think about how, how does God cause believers to grow up in their faith? What are the mechanisms that he uses? For example, James 1 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, which must finish its work in you so that you can be mature. So you go, suddenly you go, oh, if I'm going to grow up, one of the realities of my life is that I'm going to go through some tough times. I'm going to have to, uh, and that's why James says, listen, if you understand this, you get really excited. Man, I'm in tough times. Consider it pure joy because I'm facing some trials and what those trials are doing on the inside of me are invaluable. They're helping me to grow up in my faith. They're helping me to become more of a person. And so what we want to do, the tendency is to, is to avoid all trials. I just want to live happy and, and no, no stress. Well, that's not going to help you grow up very much in your spiritual life. Nobody's celebrating here. Consider it pure joy, the Bible says. So here's the truth of this, right? So we, we can have as, as brilliant a scheme as we like, but people have to start to understand, how do I grow up in my faith? Because the point here is, I want you to grow up in your faith. I want to release you into the call of God on your life. I want you to go out and live a life that is rich in meaning for the kingdom of God. Because Jesus said, it doesn't matter, you can gain the whole of the rest of the world, but if you lose your own soul, that's no help to you. I want people grown up in their faith and pursuing God's call on their life. That's, for me, the most congruent place of my life. When I do and I exercise and I'm walking in the thing that God designed me to walk in, I come alive. And I want you fully alive. So we learn that the processes that God uses is perseverance must finish its work in you so that you can be mature and complete. Ephesians 4 says, if you, if you really want to grow up in your faith, you have to engage and do your work. Each part of the body grows and builds itself up in love, Ephesians 4 says, as each part does its work. That's why as a church, we created grace teams to say to people, you need to be faithful of the administration of God's grace on your life to faithfully serve other people. So we have people say, well, you're just trying to get me to serve in the church because you know, you're lazy or something. I'm going, no, 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 really, listen to me. You will not grow up in your faith until you start doing what you were supposed to be doing. And if you use your grace in service to other people, it grows you up. So the grace teams in our church is not because we have a lack, it's because you have a lack. Amen. 
So one of the passions that I have is like, you, you need to engage in service to other people. Well, well, I don't want to do that, Greg. Well, then there's nothing that I can do because I didn't write this. I didn't create it like this. I'm just telling you, if you want to grow up in your faith, then I've got to help you do some things. I've got to encourage you while you're going through tough times because we all go through tough times. And I've got to stand around you and I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to, I'm going to walk with you. But we're going to get through this because what it's doing on the inside of you is growing you up. And it's creating this, diff, this, this ability to pause between stimulus and response. And you, you, you perseverance must finish that work in you. And so there's things that are going on in your life. These are processes that God uses to help us all grow. And I don't have the authority to, to remove you from that ability. I can't say to you, it's okay, you don't have to go through that. You and I have to go through perseverance. You and I have to commit ourselves to service in a local. We have to do our work because that's how we grow and build ourselves up. Well, I want to grow up, but I still want to go that route. That's the only route that goes. How about Ephesians 4? It was he who gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip God's people for works of service. How long? Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. One of the ways that God affects your maturity is he puts uh, in your environment people who are called in ascension gifting. And if you will work with them, not against them, as the scripture says, don't make their job hard, make it, make it a joy. Honor, work with them, celebrate them. You will discover the anointing that's on them will now manifest through your life. But if you dishonor them and push against them, because I've said, well, we're going to be a holy huddle over here, and then well, we're going to make our own thing. And I go, it's not going to be good for you spiritually. Not because I'm vindictive, not because I'm not it, because the scripture says that if you will submit to this ascension gifting, they will help you become mature. Are we tracking? I feel like, I feel like you feel like I'm rebuking you. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this stuff. I'm just telling you, this is how God grows people up. This is, this is what needs to happen in our spirits. So we have this idea that Jesus, Jesus called apostle, prophet, evangelist, apostle, teacher, number one, primarily for this role, to equip God's people for works of service. That's my biggest role. Not to, not to look after you, not to feed you, not, not to demonstrate for you, to equip you. And so my question then becomes, if you're leading a church, your question starts to become, how, how am I equipping God's people? Because my goal is not primarily to get you in a meeting on a Sunday and run a great Sunday morning meeting so that more you invite your cousins. You know, we, we're gonna have a good Sunday morning meeting. My, my, my goal is, how am I equipping you so that when you walk out of this building into whatever sphere God has called you, you can go out and function in the call of God. You can go out and make a difference in your life. You can respond to what God's called you to. And my job is to equip you for that. And so we try to create a, a journey map that's gonna help people move downfield in this. I want you to come to this place where you go, this is what I'm called to do and this is where I wanna go. So we have this, when we get down on the journey map, there's leadership life, there's life on mission. We start to talk about these kinds of things. Sometimes when we're at the airport after you know, a 16 hour flight or somewhere, 16 hours is too long for Michelle not to have exercise. So she goes, we need to, we need to walk. And from the plane to the, where they get, uh, there's travelators. 
And if there's a travelator, I'm on it. And Michelle's going, no, 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 we can't. Let's walk. And I go, oh, babe, I'll meet you there. And then, so usually what happens is I'm standing on the travelator and Michelle's walking next to me and we, we walk and talk. And right, we go. I wanted to create a travelator underneath everything we do at Northlands that just is taking people constantly towards spiritual maturity. I want there to be a pull and a draw and a, on your life. It says, you can grow up. You can walk into all that God has for you. God's got a dream for you. Why don't you step into it? How can we help you? I want this constant travelator that, that's helping people grow up. But not everybody takes the travelator. It's fun if you can walk fast on a travelator. The dismount is hard when you come to the end. But, but I like walking fast on a travelator. I feel like I'm running. There's a journey map. We've taken a lot of time. We've collated a group of resources that we really think is going to help you. But more than anything else, this morning I'm hoping that something settles in your heart that says, I'm going to be one of those people that makes up my mind. I'm going to grow. I'm going to become mature. I'm going to reach out for the ministry God's got for my life. So there are five questions that people have been asking most uh, regularly and most uh, recently about the journey map. I want to answer those. These are the frequently asked questions and I'm going to go through them as quickly as I can. Um, and I hope that it ministers to you. The question is, what's the best way for me to find myself on the map? Where, where do I start? How do I f find myself if I'm standing in, in, at a mall and there's a map of all the stores? I want to know where I am. That's the first thing I look for. Where am I? And so here's what, what I would suggest to you. Ask yourself the following three questions. What is Jesus saying to me right now? Where is the Holy Spirit focusing me? Many, many times in my life, the Holy Spirit has brought a focus on prayer. And uh, you know what that's like. You open the Bible and scriptures are jumping up at you about prayer everywhere. Pray without ceasing. Uh, he is always wrestling for you in prayer. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions to all kinds of prayers and requests. You can't turn around in the Scriptures and there's a Scripture jumping out at you. Pray, 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 pray. You stop at a light, the car in front of you has got a bumper sticker that says, pray now. You know, you, it's like, you know, you know, the Holy Spirit's dealing with me on this. And I've gone through that spin cycle a bunch of times in my Christian walk. I've come back to prayer and I've learned every time I come back, there's a different element, there's a different aspect the Holy Spirit's speaking to me about. And if you're serious with God, He's going to do that with you. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. He's going to take you. But He doesn't take you on one and you master it absolutely and then you move on to the next one. He, you, you get something, then you move on. Then, he, then you learn a little, you go around the mountain a little bit, you come back to prayer. But this time you come back to prayer, there's a little bit more substance to you. I was standing the other day at the journey map and there was somebody there and they were like very excited about spiritual life and oh, spiritual gifts and maybe I get to learn to prophesy. And uh, I'm standing there going, oh, spiritual gifts. Because the last th three or four times we've ministered internationally, there's been this word of knowledge and, and prophetic thing that the Lord has given me, sometimes with people's names and their birthdays. And it's been pretty, I like that. You know, it's like pretty amazing. Every time the Lord does it with me and I go, but every time that's happened, I always come away with like, oh, Lord, I, was, I felt like I was young in this. I want to learn how to do this better. I want to learn how to give more glory to Jesus. I want to learn how to turn people's attention to you. Um, and so, 
you know, I'm, 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 I'm hungry to learn how to do this better. I've prophesied thousands of times to people and had thousands of words of knowledge, but I'm in this mode of, I wanna learn how to do this better. And I'm standing next to somebody who's, who's going, I might be able to prophesy for the first time, you know, and I'm going, you and me, we're on the same land. We're the same place. It's just that I'm in, I'm in a different, I just wanna, I wanna know more. And that's what Paul's going after, after 25 years. I wanna know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings and I wanna become like him in his death. You know, Paul, I think you're already there. Because no, 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 not that I've already attained all this, but I press on to lay hold of that for which he laid hold of me. I'm, I'm, I'm hungry, Paul says. I guarantee you the Lord's been whispering to you about something. So one of the best ways, where, where do I find myself on the map? Or what's the Holy Spirit dealing with you on? Go there. Or secondly, what interests you? Sometimes I've found that um, some, of the, some of the greatest revelations in my life came because I, there was something and I found it interesting and I started digging it out and I looked it up and I read about it and I prayed about it. And then, and then suddenly I'm in, wow, wow. What interests you is an important piece. So what, what, Blows your hair back. That's a good place to start. Thirdly, what's your, most, your greatest current need or challenge? What's your greatest need or challenge? Um, so when you go to the map and you go, well, where, where do I engage? How do I find myself on the map? Where am I? Well, just figure that out. Another way is for you to just honestly look at the, at the milestones and go, you know, check, 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 check. Oh, oh no, I, I'm, I need to go here. Second question. What's the best way for me to engage with the journey map? And the first best way is through community groups. We've created this uh, easy to use living archive of resources and the best way to engage with it is through a community group. So next month, August 22nd and 29th, we are signing up for the next year's community groups. We're launching all the community groups again as we do every year. We launch them in, in, in end of August and by you know, sort of end of June, they, they mostly dissipate and then we start them again. And so that's what we're doing again. And I think there's at this moment over 21 groups that have, people have said we'd like to start and so we're gonna launch those. And honestly, the best thing you can do is to engage with the journey map with one of those groups. And if, you, if you're thinking, if you're a member and you're thinking, I'd like to lead a group, then uh, you can go to northlandschurch.com forward slash join the journey, which happens to be our message. And you, if you click on join the journey, uh, a page will open up and you can sign up and say, hey, I'd like to lead a community group. I have this idea and that'll go to the congregational elders and they'll talk it through with you and someone will be in contact and we'll talk that through. The point is we all flourish in community. We grow like weeds when we do it together. And the best environment for spiritual growth is in a group of people who are like-minded because a group of people who have set their hearts to seek God and who are hungry to grow, that's an unbelievable potential. That is... That right there is the best single environment for you to grow spiritually. There are going to be some parts of revelation that will only be unlocked to you by community. See, some people go, the really spiritual people, they pull out, they go sit on a mountain in the lotus position and they hum, you know, they meditate and then they get real revelation because they, they they're away from you know, the, the common people like us. That is simply not what the scripture teaches. There are some, there's some weight that you can only carry in team. There is going to be some discouragements that are going to require you to be in fellowship with other people. There's some wounds that only other people can bind up for you. 
There are some truths that are only going to be revealed to you when you serve other people. Colossians 2 says, my goal, Paul says, is that two things may happen. They may be uh, united in love and encouraged in heart. If you're encouraged in heart and united in love, he says, my prayer is for those two things. Why? So that if those two are in place, so that they can have the full riches of complete understanding. And they can get uh, the treasure, which is, which is Christ. All the treasures of God, which are hidden in Christ. And he goes, unless you're united in love, you will not have the full riches of the treasures and the understanding. Does that make sense? It's a necessary part of what needs to happen. The truths that are hidden in the scriptures and in the gospel that you will only understand when you're united with others in love. I know it's really tempting to pull away. I know, especially when you're hurt or when, you, when you're tired or when, you, when you're not feeling like it, the, the, the greatest temptation is not to engage the community. But it's the very best thing for you. You cannot believe the, the silliness that gets into people's hearts when they get away from community. Now, being with others in a learning community is a profound gift. And they, they're not just committing to learn more facts, they're committing to actually putting it into practice. Right there, that's the magic, that's the magic school bus right there. The group of people say, we want to grow and we want to execute. Well, it's not just head knowledge, we want to do that thing right there. Because doing spiritual life is where the magic happens. John 17, Jesus said, if, you, if anybody chooses to do what I'm saying, they'll discover whether I speak from God or not. Doing comes before discovery. If anyone chooses to do, they will find out. When you, when you choose to do, there's a path of discovery on the line of doing. That is not gonna be released to the people who don't do. So what's the best way to engage with a map? Get into a community group. And those are coming up end of next month. The second way is in a missional community group. A missional group. A missional community is a group of people with a common interest. Some of those people have been turned uh, around by Jesus. God has changed their life. And their passion is just to share that beauty with people who don't yet know Jesus. They embrace the natural connection and the shared interest that they have with people they care about. And they look for ways to share their faith with those people. It's a genuine expression of the Great Commission in a modern age. This is where... The, the, the success of a missional community is not, it's not measured by the size of, of how many people came. It's did it grow and become a church in its own right. The, the success of a missional community is measured by one single factor alone. And that is, have you had an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody who doesn't know it? Because the first time the gospel is shared with somebody who doesn't know it, that was a successful missional community. Now, there are, there are a number of groups in the church where people are going, I, you know, I, I love the Bible study thing, but I'd like to reach out. And I think that's what the Spirit of God is whispering to them in their hearts, and I love it. Go, go for it. And perhaps there's a group, a missional group, that you'd like to start. Go to northernschurch.com forward slash join the journey. And then some, some people, it's one-on-one. -on -one. Well, 
I, I would really, I've had some people come and say, I really think I, I, I have this thing. I have this gift. I like to walk with people. I like to take them by hand, lead them into their spiritual walk. I love to help people get grounded in their faith. There's some people who just gifted by God and naturally you have a passion for it to help people get settled and grounded. And I love that. Praise God. And so some of you are going, I'd like to walk with people. And if you want to be a coach, um, then you can sign up. There's a place if you go to northlandschurch.com forward slash join the journey. And uh, there's a place that says, I'd like to be a coach or I'd like someone to coach me. And there's a place that you can sign up for that. Now, honestly, I don't know the mysteries of why some people in the church are just passionate for God and some people are, eh. I don't know what that is. If I knew, if I knew what buttons made that, I would... I would turn them up to max and snap them off. I, you know, I would, I, would, I would have done it already. And you can tell in worship, some people are just lost. Oh. Like David, I just love your presence. And some people are like, eh. And it's like that spiritually. Some people, you can't get enough. They're here and they're praying and they're at meetings and they're learning and they, because they're just hungry for Jesus. And other people, eh, I don't like the time that meeting was too hard. I don't know what that is. I don't know why. People grow at different paces. I believe mostly because it's what they're choosing to do. But the Holy Spirit is gonna be faithful to what Jesus said. He's gonna stir you to hunger. He's gonna work in you desires that are in line with the will of God for you. He's gonna light little fires in your heart. And the Bible says, don't stamp out, don't put out the Spirit's fire because you can, or you can add some kindling and start to fan it into flame, and you can let it become a blaze in your heart. I'm hungry for God, because then you start to orient your whole life for the king and his kingdom. Everything about what you do is, goes through Jesus. Everything about where you are, how you spend your money, where you spend your time, who you spend your time with becomes about the king and his kingdom, and what he's saying to you, and how you can best do that. So how well are you responding to the call of the Holy Spirit on your life? David said, Psalm 27, my heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I'm going to seek. I suspect that we all have the relationship with the Lord that we want or that we're prepared to pay for. Because there is simply nothing between you and Jesus from his side. He took all your shame washed it away. He took your sin, made it a complete shambles of it. He took the, the worst enemy, the accuser, he, he made a public spectacle of him, completely triumphing over him by the cross. He took every chain, broke it. He took every accusation, annulled it. He took everything that anybody could ever possibly throw against you that would hinder you coming into a relationship with him, he completely obliterated. He made a beautiful highway, a new and living way open for you by the body of his son right into the throne of God. Jesus was cut off from his father so that you could be connected. Jesus, his whole life was talking about my father, my father and I one. My, these words are not mine, they're the father's. These works I do, these are the father working through me. When they asked him how to pray, he said, our father. But on the cross, he goes, my God. Why? Because for the first time in his life, when God put the sin, your sin and my sin on Jesus, he was cut off from his father so that you could be connected. <laughs> there is simply nothing between God and you from his side, the only thing that stops you going down this road is you and me. 
How do I engage? You engage in a community group. You engage in a missional community or you engage one-on-one with people. Either you're being led or you lead somebody. Number two, who do I talk to about? Where do I want to get involved? Some people are going, I'd like somebody just to talk about it. My suggestion is you go to www.northernschurch forward slash join the journey. And then you go there and uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a place there. You can fill in all your details and they'll tell you. Uh, somebody will be in contact with you. you. go, well, I don't know who the elders are. You can talk to the elders. Go to Northern's Church forward slash elders and there'll be pictures for you. And uh, perhaps you want to be a coach. Go the same address, join the journey, and you can sign up as a coach right there. Number three, I would like to serve on the journey map team. Can I sign up? You go to northernschurch.com forward slash join the journey. The journey map team is a, is a group of people who've been working for six months on this. There's a large team and there's a, there's a small team that have been uh, doing this. Uh, there's a few people on content curation uh, and because we get a lot of people going, hey, what about this book or that series and that really helped me in this. And uh, I know the, the point of the journey map was not to try and create the Google of all spiritual things available. The point of the journey map was to create things that we, we believe would be extremely helpful to you with no legalism built in, no, uh, sec- no um, clergy laity structures built in and, and, and no um, misnomers and misunderstandings about the Holy Spirit built in. Because I've read a lot of theology that is really, really good, but they wouldn't know the Holy Spirit if he kissed them on the forehead. And I've seen a lot of people who, who really are like, according to the letter of the law, they have every piece of theology down, but there's a lot of legalism built into that. And I don't want you to touch it with a barge pole. And I know a lot of things where people are really, really seem gifted, but there's an arrogance in their spirit and the way they treat the bride of Christ. I don't want you near that. So we've been very deliberate about, there's some great resources that have one of those elements in and I'm going, no thanks, it's not, it's, it's maybe for somebody else, but on this journey map, we don't want it there. So we've been curating a very specific set. I, I didn't want you to have 3,000 options, I wanted you primarily just to have three. Well, there are more, and most of them, they have about 10, but we, we wanted to give you just at least three that'll help you and get you started. There are content developers. There are some people who are going, hey, I think I'd like to add content and we have a, a team of about 20, 25 people who've been making contributions to the journey map. Uh, I just wanna say that we've had a couple of offers from people outside, hey, I'd like to submit my book or my thing and to the journey map and I'm just saying, if you're a member of the church, we're probably gonna uh, consider that more because you understand who we are and what we're trying to do. And then there's software and website and engineering and graphics and all those kinds of people. And, uh, there's some people who have a, an astute mind and they, they think in structure and they would like to think strategically. The point is, um, you, if you want to sign up and say, I'd like to help, because we've had a few people going, well, I have some ideas. Uh, you can sign up at uh, Join the Journey and uh, that'll be helpful to you. Question number four, can I share the journey map with non-members? And the short answer is absolutely. We'd love you to. Please go ahead. We've had the people from other churches and uh, other places and uh, you know, already online and that's why we deliberately put it online and uh, it's designed for Northlands members but I'm pretty sure it's gonna be much bigger than uh, the Northlands member groups. We have a number of churches who are already asking if they can do some translation into other languages and we, that's beautiful and wonderful. Uh, so God's doing something here but um, the, the whole point of this year when we back out, uh, we said w- what we'd like to do, 
I would love to get every member of our church on this journey where we said, we want you to win and disciple one person this year. Just one, just one. Would you pray about and consider and work towards winning and discipling just one and people are going, well, how do I disciple them? Well, there's a journey map you can take them through. There's a program, there's a place you can take them through. You can help them on their journey. Can I share this journey with non-members? A little while back, uh, maybe a couple of years, I asked the team here, what difference does Northlands make in people's lives? Because if we're called to equip God's people, how do we know if we're equipping them? And so I said, if somebody comes to our church and gives us their heart and they serve here with wholeheartedness, and then in five years' time, you know, they get promoted in new jobs and they go to California you know, somewhere, um, and they're, and they leave Northlands, and they had five years with us. And what difference did we make in their lives in those five years? Now, obviously, I'm assuming that every church on a Sunday morning, there's fellowship, and there's encouragement, and there's refocusing, and there's refreshing, and there's, there's many, many, many churches do that. That's a, that's a beautiful thing, and it's a very valid place for a church to be. But in addition to that, I like to talk about the transaction that happens. If people came and gave us their heart for five years, what did we equip them with? And so it came down to these, and this, this is how we ended up with the life of disciple land. I said, if, if it was up to me, if I could wave a magic wand and things would be like I want, this is what I'd love. I'd love for, for us to equip people with a vital personal walk with Jesus. I want people to know how to connect with the Lord. I want them to, to understand spiritual disciplines. I want them to have a vital personal walk because that time if they come to me and say, we've been promoted and God is good and we're going and we're going, you know, we go off to New York or ballet or something and I can see in their lives that they have a vital personal walk with Jesus then I'm going, praise God, bless Bless you, man. Bless you. Let it go well. Because if we've equipped them with that, then that's, that's worth its weight in gold. Secondly, I want them to be grounded in grace. I don't want them to slip back into legalism. I don't want somebody to be able to take them captive into a set of rules. I want them to be grounded in grace and that the next time if they walk into a church and they taste legalism, they go, yeah, this is not the place for me. I want them to be spoiled for life because they understand the gospel. If I, can give, if I can equip you with that, I, we've done you a service, I promise you. Number three, I want them to be able to hear from God for themselves. Because if they can, if we can equip you to hear from God, then you're listening to Him. Now, if you walk out the door, we go, blessed, your vital walk, you're grounded in grace, you're hearing God's voice, I'm going, woo, blessings on you. I want them, fourthly, if I could, by the magic wand, I would equip you with this understanding to be habitually led by the Holy Spirit. That your first response, the way you walk, the things you decide, where you go, how you move is always in conjunction with His leading. If I could help you do that, if I could equip you there, man, I would be proud. And if you knew what disciples do, the people look at you and go, that's not a church attender, that's a disciple of Jesus Christ, and there's a massive difference. That person's a disciple of Jesus. Look how she loves, look how he cares, look how they respond. They've been with Jesus.
the Lord heard my prayer and you gave us five years. That's where you'd end up. You'd hit those milestones. And if you walked out the door after that, I'd be so proud. I would be able to say, Lord, I think we did our job. We did what you called us to do as a church. But friends, you have to decide. I'm gonna get on this travel later. I'm going for the ride. You can count me in. Because some people come in and they grow and they, they explode. And some people just sit. And if I knew what made that happen, I would be, I'd, I'd be ringing that bell. I suspect it's people make a choice internally. I want to grow. I want to know you. So I'm going to close this meeting with just a cry to the Lord. Would you do what is beyond me? Would you take us as a group and would you flick a switch on the inside of us? Would you stir up a hunger that says, Lord, I want to know you. I, I want to grow. I don't want to play. I don't want to just go through life attending church on Sundays. I want to be somebody who becomes a disciple. I want to know you. I want to hear your voice. I want to be involved with your kingdom. I want to see your power. I want to experience what, what it is that you bring. And someone asks you to join me in prayer. Let's pray together. Lord, this entire salvation, by faith, grace, is not of ourselves. This is the gift of God. I know, Lord, that it doesn't depend on our love for you. It depends on your love for us. So, Lord, I'm praying that you would do something supernatural among us in this place, that you would do something in our hearts. I know, Lord, you're not a respecter of people. You don't care where we started. You don't care, Lord, how much money we've got. You don't care any of that stuff. What you care about is what's going on in our hearts. And, Lord, everybody who turns to you, you said Anybody who turns to me, I'll never cast them away. So here we are, Lord. We come running. Teach us, Lord. And start something today in the hearts of our people that is profound in its impact. In Jesus' name.